Joshua chapter number 24, and uh, we're going to pick up with verse number 11. Joshua chapter 24, verse number 11, we'll stand in reverence to the word of God, and we'll pick up with verse number 11. Here we go. And ye went over Jordan and came unto Jericho, and the men of Jericho fought against you. The Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Girgashites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and I delivered them into your hand. And I sent the hornet before you, which drave them out before you, even the two kings of the Amorites, but not with thy sword, nor with thy bow. And I have given you a land for which ye did not labor, and cities which ye built not, and ye dwell in them of the vineyards and olive yards, which ye planted, not do ye eat. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage in which did these great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way wherein we went and among all the people through whom we passed. Verse 18, And the Lord drave out from before us all the people, even the Amorites which dwelt in the land. Therefore will we also serve the Lord, for he is our God. Let's pray. Father, I come to you this morning, and, and Lord, I ask for your help. Lord, there's a, a wonderful group of people gathered here today, and, and Lord, I thank you for each and every one of them coming out. Father, I pray that those that are in this room, in this building, that have never personally put their faith in Jesus Christ, Lord, I pray that today would be the very day of their salvation. God, I pray that not a single soul would leave here without knowing for sure that heaven can and will be their home. And Father, I pray for those who are here today who are a part of the family of God. They've accepted the Son. Lord, I ask that our hearts will be open and our hearts will be tender to the truths that we'll, we'll look at today. Father, I pray that we not be hard-hearted. I pray that we, not, that we not grieve your Holy Spirit, but Father, that we'd be open and we'd listen. And Lord, uh, that we'd have ears to hear. I ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. In Joshua, in chapter 24, we have, we have the last testimony of Joshua, the last words, his last charge. Joshua is approximately 110 years old at this point, and he is for the last time challenging and charging his people. As he speaks to them, he brings to mind all of the things that God has done for them through the many years. You see, Joshua was one of the two oldest men in the nation of Israel. Joshua and Caleb, they had been the two spies that had gone into the land of Canaan. And when they had come back, had given a positive report. The other ten spies had come back and given a very negative report. And because of that negative report, we remember that the children of Israel did not go into Canaan. They, they rejected that. They refused the leading of the Lord. And for 40 years, they were caused to wander in the wilderness. And during that time, all of that generation, save for Joshua and Caleb, died out. Joshua was an old man. Joshua had seen many, many things. He was the elder statesman, so to speak. And here he's recalling to memory 
all of the battles and all the victories that God has brought them through. In verse number 11, he goes through all those lists of the, that, the, the peoples that they had driven out. And I just read that to impress you. Amen? Yeah? You saw my biblical skill. Verse number 12, an interesting little side note here. It says, And I sent the hornet before you, which drave them out from before you, even the two kings of the Amorites, but not with thy sword, nor with thy bow. And that's a sermon in and of itself. But could, can you, could you imagine two whole groups of people being driven out of their land because God said, Hey, let, hornets, go have fun with them. I mean, I've heard of ants in the pants. I've never heard of hornets in the bonnets. Amen? I mean, I've never heard of that, but it happened, all right? And there are two tribes of people that were forced out of the land of Canaan because God just said, hey, bees, have fun with them. And uh, it's, it's incredible and miraculous. It really is. But today I, I want to skip down to verse 15, and there's so much that we could glean from all of this. But in verse number 15, we have what we'll use as our text today. And Joshua is, is challenging the people, and he says, if it seem evil unto you this day, he says, Choose whom ye will serve. He says, choose whom ye will serve. And he lays it on the line for him. He says, you can choose the gods of the Amorites. You can choose the gods that your fathers served. He said, or you can choose to serve the God of gods, the Jehovah. But then he finishes it with this statement, and he says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Today I want to speak about a fundamental institution to all of society, the home. The home. As the home goes, so goes the nation. And folks, we have seen that. We have seen that with the rise and fall of cultures. And we are seeing that in our nation today. As our home is failing, and our home is failing, by the way. Okay, over 50% of marriages now end in divorce. Last year, for the first time in the recorded history of our country, over 50% of babies were born to unwed mothers. Okay? Our home, the homes of our nation are falling apart. The fabric of our society is unweaving at, at, at a drastic and a dramatic pace. And I want you to understand today, if we're going to get our nation back to God, it's going to be because our homes come back to God. Without a doubt, it's going to be that. You see, this is what all of civilization has been based upon. The home, by the way, is clearly defined in the Word of God. In fact, it is defined almost before all other major doctrines. Do you, do you understand that? Now, I'm, I'm not saying the, the other doctrines of the Bible are not important. All I'm saying is that the, the, the doctrine of the home is vital. It's the building block of all society. It's the building block of all culture. And without a functioning proper home, we have the unraveling of a society. The directions of the home determine the fate of a nation. When the home is strong and healthy, the nation is strong and healthy. When the home is deteriorating, so also will the fabric of a nation be torn apart. This morning as we look at Scripture, I want you to understand that Joshua said, choose whom you will serve. He said, choose whom you will serve. I, I'm amazed at how many of us Constantly say, nobody tells me what to do, yet that's not true. Everybody in this room today, no matter how independent you think you are, you are following some idealism. You are, you are serving some God. You say, I I'm my own boss. No, you're not. 
you're serving something that is before you. And, and anybody that has any maturity to them at all will follow, understand that and will agree with that. I understand teenagers, they, re, they think they rebel against everything, and, and you know how it is. You know, they rebelled back in the 70s, and they all wore mohawks, and all the kids who wore mohawks all walked together. And, and, and now, you know, in the 90s, all the kids, you know, they rebelled, and so they wore their pants at their knees. You remember that? All the boys, they had their, they had their boxers, and then their, their, their jeans were here, and they had to walk like this to keep their pants from falling down and it was funny because all those same boys were walking together you know that whole group were rebelling yeah and there's 47 of you walking together down a line all right I think they all walked together so if one of them did have their pants fall down the other one could pick it up I think that's my opinion I could be wrong on that but today we all serve something we are all following something we all have an ideal that we are striving for in verse 15 of Joshua t chapter 24, Joshua is challenging them. He is saying, gentlemen and ladies, boys and girls, today you need to choose who you're going to serve. He said, you need to understand that it's your decision. And he said, you have got to make a, a, a decision based on the gods that your father served, the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, or he said, you can choose to serve the Lord God Almighty. And he, and he laid before them a very tangible decision. This morning, I'm not going to talk about the husband and wife relationship. I'm not going to talk about the father and child or the mother and child relationship. Today, I want to go deeper than that. You see, all structures and all institutions begin with a foundation. Everything that has ever been built starts with a core belief. About a week and a half ago, several of our men in our church went out and we, we laid a concrete foundation to build this, uh, th this new building we're going to put up in the next couple of weeks. We laid a foundation. Without a foundation, you have nothing to base what you're building upon. And so today, I want you to understand that, 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 the, home, that the home begins with a foundation. I don't care today if your home consists of 12 people, 2 people, or of me, myself, and I. It must have for its foundation the Lord Jesus Christ. In your Bibles, if you go to 1 Corinthians in chapter 3 and verse number 11, it talks about there's, there's no other foundation that, that any man can lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches that all other foundations are nothing more than sinking sand. That's it. You, you can base... Your life upon happiness, and happiness will fail you. You can base your life upon your job, and your job will be taken from you. You can base your life upon your relationships, and those relationships will fail. Today, if you're going to build your life, if you are going to build your home, you say, Pastor, I'm a single person. If you are going to build your home, you must build it on the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, well, I want to I serve God with my life. Good, then go back to your foundation, and you tell me if your foundation is based on the Son of God. You see, if you've been married for two years or 20 years, you must have Christ. If you're widowed, if you're divorced, or you've never been married, you must have for your foundation the Lord Jesus Christ. There are too many messages that are being preached today about relationships without ever talking about the relationship that dwarfs all others. And I mean this. we got all sorts of self-help gurus that will help you how to get along as a husband and a wife. Can I tell you, if you want your marriage to be dynamic, you want your marriage to be successful, then you build your life upon the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Folks, the Bible says in John chapter 10, Jesus said that thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. He said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. God can bless your relationships. God can bless your marriage. God can bless your children. God can bless your home. But my friend, you've got to be building on his son. God bases everything on His Son. And today, wherever you're at, maybe you're, you're an 18-year-old teenager and you're just getting ready to get out of high school and you say, man, man, I'm not even thinking about getting married. I'm not even thinking about kids. I'm not even thinking. But my friend, you by yourself consist of something that must be built on Christ. It must be. And today I want to challenge you with that thought as we go through the message. We must have Christ. We must. Yesterday, I took a visiting couple and we went up to Pike's Peak in McGregor. Pike's Peak, right? Now, can anybody, now, growing up, I grew up here. I grew up in Marquette, Iowa. Woo-hoo, all right? I mean, little, little village, tiny little place. And, and, and I, I remember we used to go up to Pike's Peak and hike the trails and go up there for picnics and all sorts of fun. And I thought that McGregor, Iowa had Pike's Peak. Right? Okay, I thought that was Pike's Peak, and it is. But you go to Colorado, and there's a different Pike's Peak. Yes? All right? It's a whole lot different than the one in McGregor. And folks, what I want you to grasp hold of today is if you're focused on these relationships, husband, wife, father, son, mother, daughter, those relationships ought to pale in comparison to your relationship with Jesus Christ. You say, well, 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 well I, I need help with my husband. I need help with my wife. And I think that's good. And Lord willing, we're going to be talking about some of those things in the weeks ahead. But I want you to, to, this morning to understand you've got to have a foundation that is Christ. And that foundation should absolutely make every other relationship pale in comparison. It's like taking little McGregor Iowa's Pikes Peak and setting it by Colorado's. It's kind of like, oh, <laughs> Guess I don't have the real one. Amen? I mean, that burst my bubble. That destroyed half my life. <laughs> After the foundation is built, folks, we have to come to a point. You can't serve God without building on His Son. Now, you've got to have the foundation. And this morning, can I ask you, before I move to our next point, can I ask you, do you have the foundation? Do you have Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? You say, I'm religious. I didn't ask you that. You say, I go to church. I didn't ask you that. You say, I'm baptized. I didn't ask you that. I asked you, do you have the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? It's, it's not believing in God that takes you to heaven. It's putting your faith in the Son of God, the crucified one, the one who rose from the grave. It's putting your faith in Christ that brings you salvation. You study this book and you'll come away with no other conclusion. And friend, today, do you have that foundation? Before we even move to the next point, you must have Christ. You say, well, well, pastor, it sounds good in theory. No, my friend, it's wonderful in practice. Amen? I mean, having Jesus Christ is the most wonderful decision I ever made. As a nine-year-old boy, I came to a place in my life where I realized I needed a Savior. And praise God, He had supplied one. And I put my faith in the Son of God. You say, was it spooky? Not at all. Was, did you see bright lights? No, I didn't. But that night, for the first time in my life, I knew beyond all shadow of a doubt that my sins were forgiven, that heaven was my home, and that I was a child of God. And by the way, let me say that. I'm 36 years old right now. I look good, don't I? 
from 9 years old to 36 years old. It hurts me when you laugh at me like that. 27 years. Can I tell you right now, I've not been a perfect child of God. I have failed miserably. I have fallen flat on my face. In fact, I've made a spectacle of myself many times. But I will tell you this, not for one moment has God ever cast me out of his family. Now, at times that I feel if God still wanted me, yeah. Were there times when I thought I didn't deserve to be in the family of God? Absolutely. But praise God, He will never throw you out if you accept His Son, Jesus Christ. And I want you to grab hold of that today. So we got the foundation, amen? The foundation is who? Okay, let's try that again. Who is the foundation? Jesus Christ. Okay, secondly, I want you to see this. Look at your Bibles, Joshua chapter 24. If you shut them, open them back up. You need to see this. Now remember, who is giving this charge? Joshua. How old is Joshua? 110 years old. Now, many times when we picture Joshua in chapter 24, we picture a striking man who's, who's in the vigor of his youth and, he, and he's making a bold declaration of his faith. That's not so. Joshua is an old man. If you could picture him, Joshua would have a cane or maybe Joshua would have a walker. Joshua was an aged man. Joshua was steps from death. Just days away, he'd be taken to glory. And he's an old man and he says this. He says, but as for me and my house. He says, but as for me. If you write in your Bible or you circle things, underline things, circle the word me. He says, but as for me. This right here is absolutely dynamic. Because I think this is where we fail. So many times we struggle with our homes, whether you're a single person, a married person, married with children, you're widowed, you're divorced, I don't care who you, you, you forget it starts with me. You say, well, my home isn't one, can I ask you a question, what about you? See, Joshua said, but as for me, nation, hey, Israel, but as for me, before we get to my house, but as for me, I will serve the Lord. You see, the first part of Joshua's declaration is powerful. Too many times I hear, oh, pastor, I want a good home. I want a good marriage. I want my kids to turn out right. I want a, I want a good career. I want a good job. I want, I want happiness. I want a little slice of heaven. Then can I ask you, how are you doing? What, what about you? You see, it's not about my wife. It's not about my kids. Ladies, it's not about your husband. It's not about your dog. It's not about your mother-in-law. And I don't know what the problem is with mother-in-laws. My wife has a wonderful mother-in-law. Amen? I mean, I like my wife's mother-in-law. She's a wonderful lady. Those of you in the back, you'll catch on, okay? Brother Juan, can you explain that to him? You, you, didn't, you didn't get it. All right. But, but, but folks, it's not about them. It's, it's, it's about me. Before Joshua talked about his house, before Joshua talked about the others, he talked about me. Today, if you're singled, if you're single, if you're married, if you're married with kids, your home begins with you choosing the right foundation and then you building upon it. Too many are building on the wrong foundation. They say, Pastor, I'm born again. Good. Praise the Lord. You have the foundation that no man can lay. You have the foundation that God gave 2,000 years ago. He, you have Jesus Christ. That's wonderful. I'm so tickled, man. I'll praise God and shout hallelujah with you. But now can I ask you, are you building on it? You say, well, well, my wife or my husband or my kids, I'm not asking about them. I'm asking you. Are you building on it? See, Joshua said, but as for me. 
He said, it's me, Lord, that needs to be right with you. He said, it's me, Lord, that stands accountable for my life. He says, before I'm going to talk about my wife, before I'm going to talk about my kids, before I'm going to talk my grandkids or my great-grandkids, I'm going to talk about me. But as for me. And folks, I believe with all of my heart, that's where we're missing it today. You see, Jesus Christ is a sure foundation. He is stable. He is steady. He is the rock that can handle all storms of life. Now, we talk about that, don't we? We know that with our head, but folks, we're not doing it with our life. We must build upon the foundation. Too many are building on the wrong one. I look at our culture today, and premarital sex has become just a common thing. People are getting married because she's pregnant. And I, and I look at it, and I say, folks, you've got to build on the right foundation. You say, but, but pastor, you know, that... That's, that's old-fashioned. I was, I was talking. I was making a visit the other night. Brother Moore was with me, and they were making a visit. We were talking to a, to a couple that's not from, originally from our country, and, and, and we were talking to them, and, and they were teasing. Her brother is, is, is engaged, and he's getting excited about getting married, and, and they were talking about when his fiance comes over from a foreign country, how they get to chaperone him. And they remember how when he was younger, he chaperoned them. Now, doesn't that sound absolutely archaic? Oh, don't they trust them? No. Not at all. Do you know what happens when you're not chaperoned? Do you know what happens when you're not accountable? Would anybody care to venture a guess? You get yourself into trouble, don't you? Folks, do you know why the jobs you work at, they have what is called a boss Do you know what that boss's job is to do? Make my life miserable. Yes, I know that. He's there to make sure you're doing your job. Because if you don't have a boss, do you know what you do? Nothing. You do whatever you want. Oh, not me. Yes, you. And I look at, and folks, we're not building on the right foundation. I mean, our relationships, our culture, our culture, I mean, you, my wife and I both went to, to Christian schools all the way through. I never had a sex education class. My wife never had a sex ed class. Do you know that we have three beautiful children and that it didn't happen by accident? I mean, I'm amazed. Oh, we need to teach our children. But no, you don't need to teach your kids about it. You need to teach your kids to build on the right foundation. Hey, there's no need to have that type of relationship until he says I do, until she says I do. When that happens, then you get to have that type of relationship. That's building on the right foundation. You say, oh, that's old-fashioned. I know it's old-fashioned. It also works. Well, 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 I know some people who didn't do it that way, and they're happy. Well, la-dee-da. Folks, do you know that the instructions are always the best way to get things done? And if you want instructions for how to live life, God left a wonderful set for us. And I really think it would do us good to start following and building on Christ. You say, oh, I, 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 just, I just couldn't do that. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could. And I'm going to tell you this right now. Folks, it's a wonderful thing. See, today, my wife and I are able to trust each other in a way that most couples cannot because she wouldn't let me touch her. And I knew it. And if I tried it, I'd have gotten in trouble. Amen? Her father was the marrying minister. 
when I stood at my wedding, her dad said, will you take her? And I thought, that's not fair. I mean, I'm promising her father. I mean, I can promise a pastor anything, right? But her father, and, and folks, I got to tell you, we, we, in our culture, we have just messed up the whole home from the get-go. And you look at our society here in America, we are absolutely perverse when it comes to sexuality. Absolutely perverse. You cannot walk through a checkout aisle in Walmart. You cannot drive down the road without seeing a billboard with something that is wicked and godless and perverse in that manner. And then we wonder why our homes are being destroyed. I'll tell you, you're not building on the right foundation. You're not building on the right foundation. Now, I'm not here to chastise you if that's the way your relationship began. You start building on Christ now. If your relationship didn't begin the right way and your relationship wasn't the way you wish it had been, then start building on the right foundation now. Okay, God will honor that. God is gracious and God is merciful and God is good. And if we are willing to humbly come to him and, 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 and bring ourselves low, God will lift us up. God is very gracious. And so I'm not here to chastise you this morning, but I grow weary of parents of 16, 17, 18-year-old kids saying, well, be home by 2 a.m., are you nuts? I mean, in Jesus' name, are you nuts? Does that help? Is it a little easier to swallow that way? Folks, if I want a solid home, I must lead myself to build on Christ. See, Joshua says, as for me. He said, as for me. Not, not, before, <laughs> hey, hey, before I talk about my, my wife, Mike, Hey, before I talk about my kids, my, hey, before, before, I, before I talk about my family, before I talk about all their problems and, and, and how, they, how my wife drives me crazy and how my kids are out to get me, before I talk about that, let's talk about me. I mean, let's just bring the focus where it needs to be. Let's put the spotlight where it belongs. Do you know that the most rebellious person you'll ever have in your home is not your spouse? It's not your newborn that won't sleep? It's not a teenager. Do you know who the biggest, the most rebellious person in your home is? It's you. It's you. Do you know who, who, who has the most problem following God's leading in your home? You do. You do. You say, oh, not, not me. I'm good. Look in a mirror. And you be very honest. The most difficult person I've ever had to lead is me. I can get my kids out of bed. Do you know who I struggle with getting out of bed? Me. Me. I can make my kids brush their teeth. Do you know who doesn't like to brush their teeth? Me. Do you know who, who I can, hey, kids, eat your vegetables. How come you don't have any, Dad? <laughs> I'm 36 years old, and I can, right? I'm an adult now, and I don't have to eat my vegetables. You will when the doctor says you got diabetes, amen? But I'm amazed. I mean, I, folks, and it's, oh, my teenager's rebellious. Where do you think they got it from? I mean, my wife won't listen to me anymore. Where, where do you, where, why don't you think she listens to you anymore? Could it be you don't listen to her? Oh, yeah, it is. And we are. We, we've, we've developed our pet reasons. We've got all our excuses. We've got everything lined up in a row on why we don't do what we're supposed to do. But folks, can I tell you, Joshua said, hey, my home is what it ought to be because as for me, yeah, my biggest problem stares at me every morning in the mirror. Handsome, rugged, good-looking, 
but he's rebellious and full of trouble. Folks, that means that my most difficult job of leadership is me. Before you gripe about everybody else, maybe it's time we look at who's been leading the charge. Now, son, you're 16 years old, and I'm going to let you drive the car. Don't speed. Can I ask you, do you? Because if you drive 70 and a 55, your kid has every right to drive 70 and a 55. Now, kids, I'm not telling you to do it. All right? And parents don't send me the ticket when they get it. But I am amazed. Hey, 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 don't, 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 don't do as I do. Do as I say. Really? I mean, is, does that cut it for you? Today, if I want my home to be what it ought to be, it begins with the foundation of Jesus Christ followed by me deciding to build on Christ. If I want my life to be stable, I have to build on Christ. Oh, my wife's a godly woman. That's good. Are you building on Christ? Oh, man, I, 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 my parents were godly people. My grandmother was a wonderful Christian. Good. Are you building on Christ? See, too many of us are trying to bleed off of someone else's stability. It doesn't work that way, folks. It doesn't work that way. Oh, it might succeed for a short amount of time, but sooner or later, that sand begins to shift a little bit more. And you begin to lose your balance, and you begin to lose your way, and you fall apart. Joshua said, number one, I have the right foundation. Number two, he said, but as for me. Number three this morning, he says, but as for me and my house. Now understand who Joshua was, 110 years old. Joshua wasn't just talking about a newly married wife. He wasn't talking about a young couple with maybe a child or two. He was a man that more than likely had five or six generations of his family lined up. I mean, you started out on this end and you had Joshua and Mrs. Joshua and you had their sons and daughters and their children and their children and their children all lined up, 110 years old. You're going to have a few generations standing there. And Joshua said, hey, gentlemen, he said, ladies, he said, boys and girls, today you need to choose who you're going to serve. He said, I've already made my decision. But as for me, I serve the Lord. But he said, but as for me and my house, he said, we will serve God. See, Joshua was a man who not led by just principle and precept. Let me teach you what you are to do. Let me, let me help you. Let me explain to you. He was a man who led by example. Do you know that more is caught than is taught? Do you know your kids will follow your example and not your teachings? You, you wonder why you have a home with division in it? Could it be that you are divisive? You have a home with rebellion in it? Could it be that you are rebellious? You have a home where you just can't seem to get along? Are you getting along? And today, I just, I, see, Joshua said, but as for me in my house, he said, I have led not only by word, but I have led in deed. He said, the things that I am teaching my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren to do, he said, those are things that I have done and those are things that I do today. Parents, do you tell your children to read their Bible? Do they see you reading yours? Do you tell your children to pray? Hey, husbands, do you, do you challenge your wife to be a better Christian but never grow? You see, Joshua was able to make his declaration 
because he had mastered the ability of leading himself to follow Christ. And because of that, he had taught this to his family. Not by precept only, but also by example. And today, I just want to leave you with those simple thoughts. Jesse, turn this one on. You say, well, well I, I'm in church, aren't I? That's good. And I'm thankful you're here. I truly am. But our, do you have the foundation? No man can lay it. No man can lay it. Every foundation that a man lays, you go to Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24 and you read that short little passage and it talks about the man, the wise man who built his house upon the rock and the foolish man who built his house upon the sand. There is only one rock. His name is Jesus Christ. Everything else in this life is sand. Everything. Some of you men today, you're good men, you're hard workers, you've made a success of your life. Can I tell you though, all that has to happen is for your health to be gone. That's all that has to happen. All that has to happen. You go in for your yearly physical and the doctor says, I need to see you back in two weeks. Why? What's wrong? There's something inside of you and your whole world will shatter. You say, oh, no, no, not, not mine. Yes, yours. Yes, yours. Today, you better understand that there's only one rock. It's Christ. Is he your foundation? Secondly, what is your direction? Personally. Personally, hey, husband, before you ever try to be a blessing to your wife, wife, before you ever try to be a blessing to your husband, kids, before you, are you following him? Who's your God? What Lord do you serve? And lastly, what is your home's destination? What is your home's destination? Folks, today I just want to challenge you with those thoughts. Lord willing, we'll be talking about the home the next couple of Sundays. But it all begins with a foundation, and it all begins with me. You say, Pastor, I'm single today. That's fine. Can I ask you, how's me and my house doing? You say, well, you know, I, 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 I'm trying. How are, how are you doing? Before, before we pull the whipping stick out on, on everybody else, can, could I ask, could you, just, could you just put the spotlight on you? And you do what you're supposed to do. You be a godly example. Not someone who tells them how to do it. And never do it yourself. No, we need to lead by example. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet. In a moment, the instruments will begin to play. Friend, if you're here and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you don't have that foundation, would you just, during the invitation, just, just get my attention. I'll not embarrass you. I, I will. I really won't. But you get my attention. I want to have someone who knows the Bible answer your questions, and I want you to know that you have Christ. You can't get him. You can only accept him. And then, friend, How are you doing in your life? Hey, but as for me, but as for me, 
and my house, we will serve the Lord. As the instruments begin to play, if God's laid something in your heart, you come to this altar.